welcome to the Grape Seed Official Podcast. It's this and that time again. So as always, we welcome back Miklos. How you doing? I am fantastic. Thanks to you, sir. Thanks to me? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. When we were discussing the topic of the day, you mentioned that you wanted to dig a little deeper in the into the concept of the English environment. We talk a lot about creating that environment in the classroom, but today we're going to get into a little more on how to set it up and what it can look like. So Mikolos, where would you like to start? Oh boy. Yeah. The English environment. This is, if you're listening to this, you're probably a grapeseed teacher um, or a grapeseed coach or, um, or some other related um, English speaking stakeholder in uh, children's grapeseed education. And so for that reason, the topic of the English environment just probably comes up quite often in your life. And the reason why this is important is because as we all know, well, your 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 acquiring of the language is a direct result of your environment, and um, like if you're, you know, if you're in Russia and uh, everyone around you is speaking Russian, you're going to be speaking Russian, uh, you know, as a as a small little person, and uh, if you're, you know, if you're in an English speaking environment, you're going to get that, and then if you're in a multilingual environment, uh, then then some interesting things happen. Um, I, was, I was reading something recently, and I probably maybe even mentioned this. Um, maybe on a previous episode, but the wording that this this article about uh, acquiring language uh, used was always stands out to me, and I and I and I I steal this this uh, phrase all the time, which is in order to acquire language, whether it's your 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 home language or 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 a um, you know a second third you know uh, another language, you need massive amounts of exposure to that language, and I always say that massive amounts, and um, uh, so in order to, for, for, for students in a grape seed class to acquire English, um, they need massive amounts of exposure to this, um, you know, to, to comprehensible input basically. And in order to achieve that, you need to have a, an environment that is only English, because if there's any, any, any time you spend in a, in a, you know, in a second language acquiring class, if you spend any time using the home language, that's time taken away from the massive amount of exposure that kids need to the, the new language. Uh, but how do you do that? And how do you, like you, you, like you said at the beginning, like setting it up, how do you do it? And what does it even really mean? This is something that, that we get a lot of questions about, like how, like for some people, English environment means the kids only use English. And that's, that, that is part of it at a, at a certain point. But in the beginning, when kids can't speak English yet, what does English environment mean? So setting it up for that reason, um, I, I, something that um, we here in our team advise uh, teachers uh, in Japan, and I think this is a, uh, a universal message, which is um, when setting up your English environment, expectations are everything um, on the part of the teacher, of course, on the part of the school, and also what the students understand for as young as they are. Like if you're dealing with four-year-olds who are starting grapeseed or starting this uh, this adventure for the first time, um, a lot of kids at that age uh, still aren't quite even sure what the difference between languages are. You know, like we've talked before about how some, like they're in that developmental stage where they just kind of know that there's stuff that they understand and stuff that they don't. And that can be in their home language as well. Um, 
But uh, so if you tell kids like, oh, English only or, you know, or don't speak, you know, your home language. Sometimes they just go like, well, I don't even know what that really means. Um, so the, uh, the, uh, the first step toward creating a healthy English environment is just to let kids know that all they have to do is listen. Because that's what we do when we acquire our native language. When we're babies and we're growing up. We're just, we're just listening to everything around us. And um, what we always advise is uh, when, when, when kids are starting grapeseed, um, before they come in the classroom, even for the first time, and then, and then every day before they come into your classroom, remind them. Because kids forget really easily, right? Or they get excited and tend to forget things and be silly. Um, but just tell them every day. And make sure to tell them in their home language if possible so that it's really clear. Um, and if you speak the kid's home language, it can be you. Um, ideally, it would be nice if it would be a, a different teacher who could do it. Um, but uh, whatever the case, it just the kids just need to understand before they come in the classroom that, number one, the teacher is only going to be speaking in English. And, uh, and, um, and this is a critical part and telling the kids this, if you don't understand everything right away, it's okay. And just reminding kids of that every day is so important because it, it helps them relax. Like, like imagine being a little kid and walking into these situations where you're just like, Oh, I don't understand a single thing that's happening here. Like just letting them know every day, the teacher's only going to speak in English. It's okay if you don't understand, but if you listen and try to follow along, because the teacher and the underlying message, of course, that we know is that the teacher is using grapeseed as a mechanism for delivering comprehensible input. So all of the all of the input that the kids will be getting will be very easily understandable as long as the teacher is doing every all the right teacher moves to make sure that every then convey meaning in the right way. So the kids just know, okay, all I have to do is just listen, and if I do that then I'll start to understand little by little every day and have more and more fun. And if they, if, that, if they get that message every day, then you're on the right track because if they come in the classroom every day and they're just like, well, I don't understand. And what am I doing here? And, um, and, and they, the only way kids know how to respond in the beginning is in their home language. And, um, and for a lot of teachers, that'll stress them out. Like that's why teachers start using that, that negative reinforcement of like, you know, don't speak your home language. Yet. No, no Russian, no Korean, no Japanese, whatever it is. Like, like, um, because teachers will start to panic, I think. I know I, I, I'm one of these teachers who will panic because if kids are speaking their home language in your classroom, it's a negative re reflection on you. If your boss walks by and goes, why are they speaking their own language? Like you're supposed to be teaching English. Um, but if you just help them, help the kids understand, just listen and try to, you know, like follow along with the teacher. Do that. We know from the research on language acquisition that, that when comprehensible input is being taken in, acquisition is happening and the output is going to be in that language as long as that expectation is set. That's why in the very beginning, it's so important when you're doing your vocabulary picture cards, when you're asking some very initial basic questions in the first few exposures, that you listen for any kind of student output and really, really praise it over the top. Of course, you're not going to force kids to speak necessarily, but if you're doing vocabulary picture cards and you say bear, and then one of the kids in lesson one says bear back, you can say, wow, good job, Bobby, and give him a high five or something like that. Really show them that this is what you want. This is not just the expectation of it's okay to listen and and not speak in your home language, but 
if you're going to be speaking English, we're going to be really happy about that. And we're going to encourage that. So looking for those opportunities really early on and really praising kids for it will also help set you up for success here. Oh, yeah. And um, when kids in the beginning, if they if they speak in their home language um, and it's it's OK, it's 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 totally OK, just we want to, um, and obviously, obviously, we want we want to steer them toward English. But if they don't know how to use the new skill yet, we can't fault them for saying something in their home language, like "I need to go to the bathroom," or um, or uh, you know, we'll teach them. That. We'll say, "Hey, oh, it's okay. You know what? Um, we just say we'll say we we, we we teach them how to say it, and then going, and it'll take a lot of repetitions and of those things, um, and uh, uh, so the kids don't feel like like, like speaking in their home language, we, that cannot be a bad thing. Like in the, of course, in our classroom, it's an English environment. We want to promote the fact that and encourage the fact that we should be using English in the classroom. And we'll do that every day. But, um, uh, and they will naturally start to do that as long as they're getting comprehensible input with a, in a low affect filter environment. But by, by telling kids like, um, especially early on, again, telling kids like, hey, uh, like if if you're talking to like a like a third grader and they're just kind of flippantly like you know speaking in their home language when they know they're supposed to be using English in the English environment, then that's a good time to go. Hey, knock it off! <laughs> like this is an English room um, because they get it. They're, they're developmentally they're, they they understand. Oh yeah, sorry, whoops, you know I, I forgot. Um, but like a four year old or a five year old, um, the 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 message uh, needs to be. I mean, we we don't want to like you know, say, oh, it's totally fine to speak your home language in an English environment. That's not the message at all. But it's, it, the message uh, should be a positive one. We say, hey, we're in the English environment. So we're going to be using these words and we're going to be singing these songs and listening to these stories. And if you have something to say, let's try to keep it, you know, uh, in line with this. And if you had, if you have something really important, like if, you know, like my arm's broken, <laughs> like, uh, um, you need to say, yeah, well, 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 you know, in, in, whether it's an emergency situation or something you just really need to convey and you don't know how to say it in English, let's step outside of the English environment. We'll talk about that. And just, just to maintain that expectation and, um, and understanding that in this room during this time, uh, this is how we talk. And, uh, and you can go back out, you can go outside and, you know, and, and speak however you want outside of that. Um, but in order to get that massive amount of exposure necessary for acquiring language, that 40 minutes that fit however much time you have daily or weekly um is is the you know the clock is ticking on getting that exposure in and um we can't sacrifice any of it because uh, every second every minute is important i think it comes back to culture building and we we talk about that a lot on this podcast building a culture in your classroom for different mm -hmm. kinds of of things but in in this particular case I, I hear what you're saying, Miklos, and I kind of understand that, yes, you don't want to necessarily be every day yelling no Japanese at your kids if they're using Japanese in class, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not ideal. Of course, it, it's, a, it's a tool that you can use in your tool belt to help build your culture of, hey, knock it off. Oh, yeah. We're going to speak in English. But I think when you get the the end goal that we're trying to get to is just this culture where teachers and students are having so much fun and are so excited to be interacting with each other in English that the home language never comes up. Now, 
how do you get there is the question. And you, you've laid out some really good ideas here already on for a class that's brand new, starting out with Grapeseed, how you can kind of set expect, expectations from the beginning and set yourself up to get to that culture relatively quickly. But I think there's a lot of teachers out there who are listening, who are in the boat of, okay, I've inherited this class from the teacher last year, and they didn't necessarily do an excellent job of building this English culture. So how do you go from an environment that is already existing with grapeseed that isn't necessarily very conducive to student students using English and maximizing that comprehensible input like you're talking about. So I think in that case where where you've, you're inheriting a class and the culture isn't built, then you kind of have to use every tool in your tool belt. Sometimes it has to be the, the mm. negative of don't use Japanese if you think students are using it, not maliciously, but on purpose when they could be using English. But of course, you want to be as positive as possible and encouraging more responses in English and more communication in English. Right. If you, uh, well, if, if you're inheriting a class that ha- that doesn't have the expectation of the English environment, or or if you yourself have just kind of been like, wait a second, I've been doing it this other way. Like I've been you, I've been speaking in the kids' home language during class time, or I've been, um, or when kids speak in their home language in my class. Um, I but just I've just no, I haven't addressed it. Or um, if, if now you've decided to change course and go, okay, you know what? Uh, or maybe your school has said told you to change course and say we are going to um, modify and improve uh, expectations in, in terms of that English environment after after the beginning after you've after the train has left the grapeseed station. Um, it's it's well one is it's it's got, it's hard but it, it can be done. I think it can be helpful. Because all the stuff we've been talking about is very big picture and it's hard to kind of see the application. So I think it might be uh, a good exercise to break down, okay, if you're a teacher in this situation, this is kind of a general recommendation. So if you are starting a brand new grapeseed program, Mikolos earlier on in this episode Mm -hmm. highlighted some really good ways to set expectations of talking to kids, having maybe somebody in their home language, explain that, okay, it's going to be grapeseed time. It's going to be English time. Just listen. You don't have to, you, you don't have to speak. It's okay. Um, just follow along. And the more that you listen, the more that you'll understand setting up the culture that way from the beginning, that'll probably lead you to success without really, really any hangups. Now, if you're inheriting a class, there's different kinds of classes you could be inheriting and different stages of where the English environment is. So if you're kind of on the on one end of the spectrum where let's say you are going to take over a class and the kids are constantly speaking in the home language all the time, mm. then okay, we need to set some rules to really prioritize getting that under control. So then you can have the comprehensible input. You can have, Mm -hmm. you can build the English environment as quickly as possible. So if you're inheriting a class that has complete lawlessness, you'll want to institute some rules, try to encourage positively students using English, and then also 
use your no Japanese or no home language rule here and there. Now, yeah. that, that'll be necessary just to kind of right the ship and set you up to go in the right direction. Now, if you're in that situation, but it's two months later, three months later, and every day you're still saying no Japanese, no Japanese, no Japanese, then it's time to do some self-reflection and look at what is something you, different you could be doing in your approach. Because if you're having to do that every single day for months and months and months, then something else isn't clicking. Something else, that culture isn't being built, right? Yes. And this, um, let, I was just picturing like maybe um, a, like a specific situation. Let's say, let's say you've got a class uh, and they're going to be starting you know, unit 11 and you've been assigned to teach that class this year. And uh, you walk in on the first day and you go, oh my goodness, like um, all, you walk into the classroom and you start the class and all the kids, uh, maybe they're responding um, maybe a little bit in English, but they're talking to each other in their home language. And then maybe they even respond Like you're reading a story. You'll be reading, you know, what I saw and, uh, and they'll just be like, oh my goodness. But they're saying it all in their home language. And you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, uh, like, uh, this is, um, this is not a very good English environment. What do I do? The, uh, the, okay. And this is going to sound maybe a little bit uh, cheesy, but the first thing to do is don't take it personally. Um, and I, I can say this as a teacher who has in the past, like when kids are, whatever the, you know, whatever the expectations are, if kids aren't meeting it, whether it's the, the English environment expectation or if it's another behavior expectation, whatever it is, like never take it personally and don't freak out, especially in front of the kids and just be like, what are you kids doing? You know, like all that kind of stuff, because um, that is never a good thing to do. Um, like like if, if a child is running with scissors or something, <laughs> that's the example I was going feel free to freak out and go, stop that, you know, like, um, because it's something dangerous or something like, you know, but if it's just like a child or a student uh, just responding to something in their home language because the expectation is off, take a deep breath and just go, okay, what do I, what do I need? How do I need to strategize so that I can, like you said, write the ship and just, and, and create a better environment uh, uh, language wise. Um, so that's first, like just, Take a deep breath and think about what to do. Um, don't don't blame the kids, uh, especially like, and don't don't um, you know discipline kids, especially emotionally, um, if if there's just something wrong with how the expectations are set in the classroom. It's now your job to to make a plan to figure out how to make this right. And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen suddenly. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two is the plan. The students, and what's probably happened is that the expectations are off. And so it needs to be explained ideally in students' home language because it's likely that they won't understand exactly everything uh, in English if you, if you try to tell them that um, and set these expectations. It needs to be explained to, to, to students and parents and surrounding school staff that uh, in, the, in the home language, um, uh, of, of everybody so that everybody understands yes so and going back to the thing with the little kids like but let's say this is a unit 11 class maybe the kids are already in, already in elementary school uh they've already been in grape seed for a couple of years and um but you just need to reset in very clearly so that everybody understands so when you come to the classroom the teacher's only going to speak in english 
And the expectation for, and for the students is also, you will also only use English. But if you can't, it's okay. All you need to do is just listen, try to follow along. Um, and if you do that, you will begin to understand little by little every day and have more and more fun. Um, there's a point though, because we're not at the beginning anymore, where um, like if you're in unit 11, and if, there's, if there are students that don't understand, like if they're listening, they're trying really hard. Okay, I'm not gonna use my home language. I'm only gonna use English when I can use it. I'm not really good at it. I'm not really that confident, but that's okay. The teacher said, if I just listen every day and try to follow along, then I'll start to understand. But there's a certain point where if you're in a, you know, at a certain point in the curriculum where you can listen for a long time and still not understand enough to get the confidence to be able to speak, because maybe you spent the last couple of years just, you know, thinking and speaking in your home language through it, through the class. And it just, and now you're trying to, you know, change the expectation and it's, it's, it's going to, it's it's hard because you're already dealing with more complex language in in you know, in English, and so um, I I'm, in extreme cases there'll be a student who maybe doesn't understands maybe ten percent or less of what you're talking about when you're reading, you know, you're singing the songs from you know like uh, you know um, uh, there's a hole on the bottom of the ocean or like uh, with blue like in the kid. There could be a kid in your class who's just like maybe understand just a few words here and there in an extreme case. And um, in those cases, we really need to keep an eye on them. We need to figure out a way to help them understand as much as possible. Uh, and that's going to mean, uh, you know, doubling down on how you convey meaning through gestures and um, and pointing to the, you know, to the pictures and the stories and I think on top yeah. of that, Matthew had a really good uh, suggestion on his podcast a couple of weeks ago about also looking for supplemental REP to do as well. So he noticed oh, the yeah. was struggling with phonics. So he encouraged the mother to make sure that the kid was watching certain sections of the, the DVD or, or watching certain things on the app to kind of help reinforce areas that he was weaker in. So I think you you mentioned quite a few good things there about okay, if you're inheriting a class that's struggling, that hard reset idea of kind of mm. almost like you were, you would be talking to a group of four-year-olds just starting with grapeseed, have everybody involved, parents, teachers, it, even in the home language, if you're able to do it, kind of explaining, mm -hmm. okay, this is this might be a little different than how it's been done before in our particular situation if you're inheriting one of these classes, but this is how it's going to be from now on. And having that explanation is, is a good hard reset to kind of like shutting down and turning on your computer fixes a lot of problems, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. In, in a similar way. And then also you as the teacher doing a good job of conveying meaning, looking for where students are weaker, helping them understand through your teaching and RET. So going back to just our general, our, our kind of big thesis here on the English environment, it, I think the begin with the end in mind is kind of a cliche word mm -hmm. here, but it's always a good thing to, to remember where you want to get to. You want to get to a stage where students are, they're, they want to communicate with you in English. They want to speak in English with their teacher and you want to speak in English with them to the point where home language isn't even an issue. It doesn't even come up. The best classes right. that I've seen in Graveseed, including a lot of the classes that the, the guests on the teacher says series, 
those classes that they teach, Bruno, Matthew, Alina, they they teach so well that you never ever hear home language in the classroom. So teachers like that, they've built the culture, the ideal culture that we want to see. But how how do you get there is kind of the question. So if you're a brand new teacher starting out with Grapeseed Miklos, like I've mentioned a couple of times already, he's laid out some some good suggestions early on for how to mm-hmm. explain the environment to the students to kind of get you set up on the right track. Now, if you're mm-hmm. if you're inheriting one of these classes where English environment hasn't really been a big focus so far, you you want to get to the stage where there's that positive interaction in English between student and teacher, but you're not going to get there necessarily in a day, in a week. It's going to take some mm-hmm. time. So how do you get there? First of all, it's really important just to basically get the get the structure right. So if there are no rules in the classroom beforehand, you'll need rules about language. Now, of course, you'll want to do your best to positively encourage the use of the English language as opposed to discouraging the use of the home language as much as possible, but you'll need both in the short term. But if you're in the stage where every day for months and months and months, you're saying no home language, no home language, no home language, then you also need to do some self-reflection to figure out, okay, what else can I be doing to get us to that ideal culture? Because if you're having to say no home language, no home language, you're either not doing enough positive reinforcement of encouraging English or mm-hmm. there are some other issues at play that you'll need to self-reflect on. And also, if you're really at a loss, even after listening to this podcast, reach out to your coach. Have your coach watch a class or just bounce some ideas off your coach. Okay, I'm I'm in this situation. Uh, my students are in unit 18, but they're not using English at all. And I just started teaching this class last month. What can I do? And your coach will help you through that. Oh yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, and yeah, that 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 comes up too. The uh, yeah, my students are in Unit eighteen. Um, they're they're not speaking, or they're not speaking in English. Or um, and that's a very important distinction. Like not speaking in English and not speaking at all are two different things. And uh, you, you need to make sure that like okay, if they're not speaking at all, that doesn't mean that they can't speak English. That just means that they're listening to you. And maybe you just need to just make sure to give them more opportunities to speak and interact and and convey ideas. The whole reason for language to begin with is to is to share to share your thoughts and ideas. And if you don't have anything to share, if you don't have a chance to share, then you're just going to be sitting there quiet. But then not speaking in English, that's a different thing. That's obviously that's that's maybe using the home language or um uh be, and it possibly because they don't they haven't uh, acquired enough language because they haven't um, had enough of that massive amount of exposure, that listening time and understanding and comprehending that is necessary to get to the point where they can use English to express their thoughts and ideas. Definitely. I think one good way to bring this discussion to a close is that if you're in a classroom and, okay, you've You've made rule number one, no home language, and you think you're done setting up an English environment. You really haven't. Um, 
the the real end goal here instead of just okay i've i've set up the the basic baseline for creating this no you have to also build that culture you have to encourage students to speak to want to speak with their teacher praise them when they're using english and then over time if that goes well then the home language doesn't become an issue and you can be in the pantheon of teachers that are in the the teacher says sub series that we have here on the podcast yeah i like the word pantheon by the way um yeah it's um having a rule like no home language as part of your rules I, in my classroom I, I would tend to say oh, oh like i would maybe put a positive spin on it and say oh let, you know um speak only in english but uh but then have you know if you if you have a class you, you needs a little it needs some finessing you know with the rules of course uh some classrooms will hate will say one of the on, on the rules like oh yeah no home language that's like you know be like saying you know okay kids uh, we're going to the park don't start a fire but now they're just kind of standing there going like, well, then what can we do? What do what do we do? Like, like, can we go on the monkey bars? Can we go on the swings? Can we run and fly a kite? Um, in our classroom, we have to provide students with the information, the expectations of what they should be doing, which is singing with us and saying the vocab cards and listening to stories and, and doing action activities. We say like promoting the things that they should be doing in order to acquire language with the occasional like, oh, no home language, just to ink if they happen to forget because they're excited and they step out, you know, and um, and forget that this is an English environment. So whether you're a no home language rule guy like me or a <laughs> use use English guy like Miklos, at the end of the day, those are basically step one on the journey to building the culture that you want, which is the home language doesn't even become a factor, doesn't even become an issue because you've you've encouraged students so much through your English environment to want to use English with you to want to speak. Exactly. And and in the end, um, language, the language that you use is kind of almost neither here nor there. The 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 notions that you're expressing is are, are what are important, uh, less so than like so if kids are not if they don't even think about it, if they see if they see their their home language teacher and they speak in their home language and they say something like, oh, I love you, teacher. And then they see you, their English teacher, and then they speak in English and they don't even think twice about the fact that it's two different languages. That's the ideal spot you want to be in. Perfect. I think that's a good way to end it here. Miklos, good job. I think it is. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> If you have any ideas of your own about the English environment, or if you want to talk to either Miklos or I about your situation, maybe you're struggling with something, you can, of course, reach out to your coach, but you can also email the show at mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. As always, everyone, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.